Welcome into the Fumbling Punter, everyone. My name is Devin Keeney. I am your host. And NFL free agency starts on Thursday. So the NFL free agency period this year is kind of a little bit unique. A lot of teams have a lot of rollover cap going into the 2017 season. And there are a lot of big names out there. A lot of names that maybe, you know, most years you look at maybe an offensive lineman, defensive lineman, Maybe one skill player. There are a lot of teams, or a lot of teams with a lot of needs, a lot of cap money, but there are also a lot of good players out on the free agent market this year. And on that, Tony Romo has still not been released, and we are all kind of playing the waiting game. I will get to Romo Watch here in a minute. So the teams with the most cap space this year, I looked this up on capfriendly.com. The Cleveland Browns have $102 million, the San Francisco 49ers $93 million, Jags $76 million, Bucks $66 million, the Titans and the Patriots both have $61 million, then the Colts have $53 million, and the Bears have $51 million. Of course, that is before they probably release Jay Cutler. He only has a $1 million salary cap hit this year if they release him, so I think that everybody's kind of just waiting and expecting to see that happen. Now, of course, one of these things aren't like the others. The Patriots (laughs) are with, you know, the Titans almost made the playoffs. Of course, the Colts had a down year, but uh, I mean, you know, part of the reason the Patriots have so much cap space going forward is they have so many free agents. They have Logan Ryan, uh, the defensive tackle. His name isn't coming to me right now. I got an update from Bleacher Report that said LeGarrette Blunt is not expected to be back in New England, so I am not going to be able to ride him to a fantasy football championship again. And then, uh, so looking at that, you know, Browns and 49ers both have significant money that they are able to spend in free agency this year. Now, the teams with the least money are the Dallas Cowboys at $3 million, and they have a couple of pretty significant free agents in Ron O'Leary, the offensive guard, and Mo Claiborne, the cornerback. So, you know, hopefully they, I bet they are hoping that they are able to move Tony Romo via a trade because if they cut Tony Romo, then he has like $14 million in dead cap space. No, I believe it's $15 million in dead cap space this year. But if they trade him, then his whole $19 million in cap space is off the books this year. So that would give the Dallas Cowboys $22 million instead of $3 million to sign free agents. The Chiefs have the second fewest or second least amount of money. They have $4 million, Chargers $5 million, Eagles $8 million, Giants $14 million, Ravens $13 million. So when you look at those teams, you know, One of these things are not like the other. The Los Angeles Chargers, I almost said San Diego, still not used to that. Uh, The Chargers have have hit on hard times here recently, kind of as have the Eagles. The Giants are pretty well set, and even the Ravens, if they play right, are pretty well set going forward. But you really don't want to be the Chargers sitting there with almost no money to spend and definitely still some holes to fill. And hopefully they're able to get Melvin Gordon back and healthy this season. He was franchise tagged this offseason as well. So some, on to some of the names to watch. Calais Campbell is a guy I really like. Uh, cornerback A.J. Boye from Houston 
is a great cornerback, should get a lot of money in this with all the cap space you guys saw, that the market is right to be a free agent right now. Terrell Pryor is, I've heard, looking at getting as much as $10 million, which seems kind of high to me, but, you know, he had a really good year in Cleveland, so hopefully, you know, Terrell is able to get a good contract. Then the other two that I really want to hit on are Adrian Peterson and Jamal Charles. Two running backs over 30 that, you know, have had some injuries in the past, and I think that they may still have some good years left in them. Maybe, you know, the, neither of these guys are going to get five-year deals. They may get one- or two-year deals with an okay amount of guaranteed money. But running backs are so expendable right now because, you know, there are four guys in McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, and Alvin Kamara from Tennessee that they're talking could go in the first round of the draft this year. So between those four guys... Then you're going to have later round guys, maybe some guys with some issues, and then you have these free agents. So I think that really kind of waters down the market on free agent running backs. I think that Adrian Peterson would be a good fit for the New York Giants or the Oakland Raiders. Uh, you can't really spread him out a whole lot with AP. He's not been as good in shotgun I think the Giants can line up with Eli behind center and give AP a good amount of carries, get some good use out of him. Jamal Charles has been linked to Philadelphia, as I talked on the show last week, and I think that would be a really good fit for Jamal. Of course, I'd love to see the Chiefs somehow get him back on a cheap one-year deal, but if Jamal does go to Philadelphia, you know the case there with Sproles. Sproles is an all-purpose guy. And then Ryan Matthews. I think that Jamal would be the workhorse back. He is familiar with Doug Peterson's offense. Doug Peterson's familiar with what Jamal Charles can do. I think that's a pretty good match for both sides. So if that deal is able to get done, then good for Jamal and good for the Philadelphia Eagles. So talking about some more free agents, I've heard reports that Mike Glennon could be looking at getting 14 to $16 million per year. That amazes me. Now, I'm not saying that Mike Glennon can't be a good like bridge quarterback where maybe your team doesn't have a any sort of quarterback now, but you're also you don't believe that Mitchell Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, or Mahomes is that guy right. And so, if you need a short-term quarterback, I think Mike Glennon could be that. But 16 million a year seems like a lot of money for a guy who hasn't started in two seasons. And it makes me wonder if he's that good, why would the Bucks have drafted Jameis number one or even been in a position to draft Jameis Winston number one? I know there was a lot of stuff going on with uh, Shiano. Greg Shiano was the coach at the time whenever they drafted him. And maybe they, had a, they have a lot better team around Jameis than they did around Mike Glennon. But at the same, on the same token, I just don't feel like 14. I, I feel like this is a Brock Osweiler situation waiting to happen where someone goes out, gives him a lot of money, and then a year later they're like, what the hell did we just do? So hopefully not, you know. I like to see guys succeed, but it just it seems steep. Speaking of seeming steep, Kenny Britt is reportedly going to get between 6 and $8 million per year. Seems like a lot from Kenny Britt. I mean, Kenny has showed flashes in both Tennessee and with the Rams organization. 
But, I mean, maybe with, you know, the way these new contracts are working out, how much money people are getting paid, kind of like the NBA, you know, you saw Mike Conley get $30 million per year, and uh, Dang and the big guy that played for the Cavs, I can't even think of his name right now. You saw those guys both get $18 million a year, and you're like, whoa, what is happening to contracts? And I think that may be what we're kind of seeing right now, and that could be another kind of foresight of the upcoming sports rights bubble, which I think, by the way, we'll get into on a whole different show, just trying to throw this idea out to you all. I think baseball is the only game, other than maybe National League hockey, that are safe from the sports rights bubble to an extent. Because if this does happen with ESPN, Clay Travis has talked about it a lot. If you check him out at uh, outkickthecoverage.com, he has talked about the sports rights bubble with ESPN. But anyhow, that's not what I'm talking about right now. I will plug that for the future. That is something I would like to get into a little bit more depth and look at. But it's just a lot of money for Kenny Britt at $8 million a year. Now, I probably the thing that I've been looking forward to the most today about doing this podcast is talking about the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> no, we're not, a mem- we're not members of the Dog Pound here at the Fumbling Punter. But I think that the Cleveland Browns are presented with a unique situation. They have $103 million in cap money. They have a lot of holes on that team. Which is why I think that it is it would be absurd for them not to take defensive end Miles Garrett out of Texas A&M with the number one pick because then you have a J.J. Watt type of pass rusher coming off the edge. And so I think what makes sense to me is I would absolutely tank this season. I would spend some free agency money to build the o and the offensive and defensive lines, get another cornerback to go with Joe Hayden, solidify the secondary. But I'd play Bobby three sticks, and I'd try to go 1-15 again because Sam Darno is better than any quarterback you could get in free agency or the 2017 draft. Now, Browns fans, if you are listening, or if you're not Browns fans, think about that. Sam Darno is a sophomore quarterback at USC this year. He'll be eligible for the draft, and he is almost a lock to go number one overall. And I think that, you know, from the limited bit I've got to see Sam Darno, I think that he has Andrew Luckish potential. The guy looks phenomenal. He looks like he could be your franchise quarterback for your NFL team, and if you're the Cleveland Browns and you've sucked for so long, what is another 1-15 in 15 year? It, it, all you have to do is ask yourself, is Sam Darno better than any quarterback we could get this year? Look at those names. Jay Cutler, Tyrod Taylor, Osweiler, Kaepernick, maybe Deshaun Watson, but Sam Darno is, could be your guy for 10 to 15, 20 years. If you... Just, like I said, build up the lines, play Bobby Three Sticks, which is what we like to call Robert Griffin III here at the Fumbling Punter, and just go for it, man. Just Philadelphia 76ers tank this season. Because, I, I mean, that's how much of a believer I am in Sam Darno. I think that, you know, you, I, I like Deshaun Watson coming out of this class. Uh, I've never been overly impressed with Kaiser or Trubisky or any uh, Mahomes, Webb. I I think that those are all hit or miss guys. I don't think it's a great uh, quarterback class this year in the NFL draft. 
But I do think that Sam Darno is that once every five to ten year quarterback that you can get in the draft. So that's what I would do if the if I was the Browns. You got you guys may call me crazy, but Cleveland, you've been so bad for so long. You've gone through so many horrible quarterbacks. Why not go one in fifteen and get your guy? Think about it. So it would be the most Browns thing ever to for everything to work out with the free agency money, Robert Griffin the third, or who whichever quarterback that they bring in, to go like four and twelve or five and eleven and miss out on Sam Darno. Like, ah oh, look, our organization is building. We went from one and fifteen to five and eleven. Yeah, well you did, but you missed Sam Darno and now you're gonna be looking for a quarterback for the next ten years. So that's what I would do. Hugh Jackson, if you're a fan of the show, I don't know if you are, tank. Try to get one more year on your contract and just tank the hell out of this season. And then get Sam Darno and look like a genius for doing it. So, speaking of quarterbacks, we're on to Kirk Cousins' watch. Bum, bum, bum. Little uh, cheap sound effects for you guys there. Uh, Rumors are abound of uh, Tony Romo going to the Washington Redskins. Kirk Cousins going to San Francisco, and the number two overall pick going to the Cowboys. I think that Jerry Jones may actually be the one creating this rumor. <laughs> he, he may be trying to trick John Lynch and Dan Snyder into making this deal, deal. Like, John Lynch is probably sitting out in the valley in California going, huh, I wonder who in my organization has been talking about that. Makes sense. You know, Dan Snyder might be doing the same thing. Maybe Jerry Jones is just trying to play head games with everyone. If so, then this would be a genius move by Jerry. Because what a trade like that does, it saves Dallas the $14 million in dead cap space over cutting Tony Romo and gives them the number two overall pick. This is th- This whole rumor is insane. No way the Redskins are so desperate to figure out the Kirk Cousins situation that they'd be willing to give their rival, the Dallas Cowboys, $14 million in cap space and the number two overall pick. But it's how kings stay kings, Jerry, making trades like that. So if you can pull it off, my my hat off to you because that sets the Dallas Cowboys up in a scary good situation moving forward trying to get some of their own guys back and building via the draft. You saw how well that worked out for them, or that's worked out for them in recent years, being able to build up that offensive line, getting Dak Prescott, getting Ezekiel Elliott. So, kings stay kings, Jerry. Make that trade. So, the opening games of the World Baseball Classic are underway. Uh, Lucas and I, who we did that World Baseball Classic podcast where all of our equipment kept skipping like nothing I've ever seen before, and we ended up having to take it down, we were both incredibly wrong about Team Israel. Israel started off 2-0 and with wins over Chinese Taipei and Korea. So good for Israel. You know, there. I mean, that pretty much solidifies them going into the next round in Tokyo. And then uh, Japan beat Cuba 11-6. We expected uh, Japan to make a pretty good run in the World Baseball Classic this year, so no big surprises there. Really getting forward to look, really looking forward to seeing teams like the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, and then the good old U.S. of A. start playing in the World Baseball Classic, kind of getting into a full 
getting a, getting a full head of steam behind it. I I enjoy the World Baseball Classic. I know that it's kind of an odd time, you know. That I think that's why the US, Team U.S. has never done well in the World Baseball Classic is all these guys are just got, you know, a couple of weeks of spring training and um, the pitchers aren't throwing eight innings like they would in September. And so it's kind of an odd, oddly timed event, but I think it's a good one. I enjoy it, and I hope to see the USA make a deep run, maybe get their first championship. On to Hockey Talk. We love Hockey Talk on here. The Blues got a huge 2-1 win over Minnesota last night. And going into this game, uh, I'm sure most of you Blues fans listening fully know that I was expecting a letdown. And maybe that's just because I'm a Blues fan and that's what happened. But I was expecting a letdown after they beat the worst team in hockey in the Avalanche and then they had to travel to the best team in the Western Conference, Minnesota. But it didn't happen. And the Blues got the win. They're now three points up on the LA Kings with the same amount of games remaining. That That's pretty big at this point in the season. They match up Monday at the Staples Center and the fumbling punter will be there live to uh, maybe shoot some pictures, do a little reporting, get a little inside scoops there. Uh, check out our Twitter page to see those photos. Anthony Ogden, has, who we did the NBA show with, has sent us some cool pictures from spring training and from the Lakers Thunder game. So really getting some cool stuff up there, some cool original stuff. And back into that game, what happened on that wild goal there at the end of the game i think there was 10 seconds left and the wild just tried to dump it in and it took that crazy hop and got by jake allen so it looks like jake needs to take a little uh, little short hop practice maybe get down there in jupiter with the cardinals work on his uh short hops that looked like that could have saved his shutout but that, and that flute goal kept Jake the Snake from getting a road shutout win against the top team in the Western Conference. That's got to build a lot of confidence in himself, in Mike Yo, and what this team can do if they do get into the playoffs. Because if your goaltending gets hot at the right time, anything can happen in the Stanley Cup's playoffs. And I think that you've kind of seen a lot of that recently. The Blues do need to score because it doesn't matter how good your goalies are if you can't score and you know that's kind of what the blues saw during that five game losing streak and hopefully those issues are starting to get corrected uh, as given uh hitch's hat at hitch's hat on twitter he said uh hitch has to be wondering where in the hell that type of goalie play was the first five months of the season and i'm sure ken hitchcock is somewhere off right now wondering where that type of goalie play was because they Allen and Hutton looked horrendous up until Ken Hitchcock getting fired. So, poor Hitch. But both Blues goals were works of art. And that tip-in from uh, Alex Petrangelo to Jaden Schwartz, who fed Tarasenko, that was just like the most beautiful hockey play to watch. And that got the Blues up 2-0 at the time. Uh, I said when the Blues started this road trip, or this eight games in two-week stint that they had to go no less than 4-2-2 two, and two in that two-week span to make the playoffs. They are off to a 2-0 and o start. So, Blues are listening. You know, I'm not going to argue with anyone if they go 7-1, and 8-0. Oh. 
you know, that really sets the Blues up nice in those wild card spots. And if they play that hot, I mean, <laughs> I want to be the dreamy guy that says they could make a run at Nashville, but, you know, I'm just more worried about getting one of those wild card spots and getting into the Stanley Cup playoffs at this point. So something else that uh, kind of stood out to me in the game last night was, man, the Wild were just playing like absolute punks in the third quarter, or third period, rather, quarter. Don't don't give up on me, hockey fans. It's the third period. I know that. <laughs> the hit on Steen was just ferocious. The guy left his feet. They kind of got away with that. Then the a different Wild player took a slash at Bertuzzo, and Bertuzzo was holding back so much. So was Joel Edmondson after Steen got rocked. And I'm all for tough hockey play, but all those wild players were doing was trying to bait the Blues into a cheap power play. And it didn't work so good for the Blues, but all I called him for it on Twitter of letting Reeves into the game and just start wrecking people. Like, when other teams start to play like that, that's when I wish for that, like, 2015... Uh, 2014 uh, playoff team, that fourth line of Reeves and uh, Steve Ott. I like. I just want that team to come into the game and just start just wrecking the other team, take the penalties. You know, just duke it out, good old hockey style. Knock a couple of teeth out. Just go out, have a lot of fun. So, I, I just I wanted to call the Minnesota Wild out on that, but. Well, that wraps up our show today. So thank you. Thanks so much to everyone who has listened, read, and supported the Fumbling Punter. Uh, We are constantly growing, and that's thanks to you all. It truly is. And there are going to be some good changes coming up to the Fumbling Punter, mostly based around how we get our content out there and how you reach our content to reach more viewers. Uh, if you all know anyone who wants to listen and currently can't because, you know, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes, uh, we're going to get to some more platforms. We will be everywhere here soon. So have a great Wednesday and Thursday, everyone. For the Fumbling Punter, I'm Devin Keeney. Have a good week, guys.